Welcome, welcome, welcome to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and I am excited about this episode. This is our episode with an interview with Scott Reynolds, who is a television writer for shows like The Following, Dexter, Jessica Jones, and the upcoming hit show Iron Fist. He is a wonderful human being who I've been friends with for quite a while, is an incredible man with a story of faith you're going to want to hear, and we talk through a few different things. We talk through the power of story in this interview, we talk through conflict in this interview, we talk about the, the existence of dark stories in the midst of a faith story within oneself, and how Scott even manages him his own balance of, say, writing a TV show about a serial killer who murders people and having a personal faith in Christ and where that all fits in his life. And then you have even more that we get into about what it's like to work with some of those celebrities and what it's like to actually make things and write things and who inspires him. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Check it out. And also, we have a couple of things that I always want to make sure that you know about. If you want to join our email list, you can text 66866 and text the name Hank in the subject. So just the number 66866, text the name Hank, and you can get info on that. And then June 14th at the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles, we are doing a live show that you do not want to miss. It's going to be a blast. It is going to be one of two things because we have so many things to try to bring you at live events and via this recording this summer that I'm excited for you to be there. So if you're in or near Los Angeles or planning a vacation, come through Los Angeles. It's totally free. No RSVP, no seats, no VIP, none of that madness. You just come and cruise and this theater is big and beautiful and gorgeous and has black curtains and feels magical and uh, it's one of my favorite spots so it's the bootleg theater in silver lake in los angeles june 14th we're doing a live recording there would love for you to join us there and remember to text 66866 to get more information and now please enjoy this episode with mr scott reynolds Welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank, and I'm sitting here with Mr. Scott Reynolds. Hello, Scott, the, Scott the writer Reynolds, and we're <laughs> sitting in his wife's architectural design studio in, in South Pasadena. What yep. a beautiful place. She did a good job. She's just so fancy and are creative and sophisticated. I love it. So I'm the one who made her put up the Mulholland Drive sign. Oh, nice. The, okay. The poster, so. Do, you, do, that's the Mulholland Drive, the movie? Yeah, yeah, David Lynch. Yeah. Dude, I was at a I was at a costume party. This is a pure name drop. I was at a costume party, <laughs> yeah. and everybody had to dress like someone from an era. Yeah, and I dressed as John Lennon, right? Okay. And then I'm standing there dressed as John Lennon. And everybody's like, "Oh, this is I'm Ed Suan went as Yoko Ono." Little racist, <laughs> but whatever. So I'm the one as Yoko Ono, and we're hanging out, we're taking pictures, and then freaking David Lynch walks in, and I was like, "What a boss move!" The actual, he, the actual David he Lynch came as himself. He came as himself, and I literally walked over. And like, first off, I love Mulholland Drive. Second off, <laughs> you're my freaking hero because you just came as yourself. I didn't know party. it was a party <laughs> that you had to dress up. He's like, for. oh, well, he's like, I'm not putting on an outfit. And I was like, yeah, I bet, bet you weren't. If I was David Lynch, I wouldn't put on an outfit either. Um, that's wonderful. So Mulholland Drive poster, that's so good. It's all unwound. That's a never seen that one. Um, Scott, tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. If you are at a costume party with David Lynch, what would you tell David Lynch that you do for a living? When he goes, Scott, what do you do? Scott, what do you do? <laughs> that is actually <laughs> yeah. like how he talks. Uh, first, I would faint because I'm a giant fan of the man also. No, He's like he has great hair. He has such good hair. Best hair. I actually considered, Seriously good hair. I, I've considered 
getting my hair done that way, but my hair doesn't quite do that. So what are you going to do? It has a natural swoop to it. I asked his wife. She said, it's, no, it's a thing. It's yeah, normal. something else. Uh, I would say a big reason why I do what I do is because of what you do. Okay. Uh, first off. Uh, I'm Me or David Lynch? David Lynch. Okay, you, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> Just the boy whatever. from Ohio. I was like, man, yeah. here I am thinking I'm inspiring you. But yes, no, okay. David Lynch did. Um, so I'm a, I'm a screenwriter. Television is, is, is my thing. Cool. So, uh, the writer's playground. Came up, yeah, came up the hard way as an assistant and you know writing assistant and all that sort of stuff. But I worked on uh, a show called E-Ring. That was like my first breakthrough. E-Ring, okay. E-Ring. And on that one, I got to write words for Dennis Hopper, which was – unbelievable Whoa. uh may and then, he rest in peace yeah may he rest in peace yeah. uh and then i went from there to dexter where i was on that for all eight seasons and i sort of wow. came up from a writing assistant and moved my way all the way to you know co- um i don't know producer whatever something and then from there i went producer, to that's kind of a big shift and, yeah from then, writing assistant <laughs> to like yeah they liked way. me they really liked me and then i went to uh uh the following where i got to work with another hero kevin williamson Wow. Who's the guy who did Scream? Oh yeah, uh, and they okay. did some other shows that you probably liked even more, like Dawson's Creek and things like that. <laughs> easy, easy. I had a, I was a, I was Team Pacey, but no, I, I was I was into Dawson's Creek only because Katie Holmes was like sure, obviously like in high school you're literally like they made God made girls like this like <laughs> for <yeah."> you <laughs> yes right and I was like in Ohio and like yeah. not in a sophisticated place I think I was homeschooled yeah I mean I was homeschooled but I so think those I were like your friends really when yeah it I was like it. watching is, it and I was oh, like this is what life who is, is like. this where do I find people like this yeah, it was really great and she's sort of like she was that kind of thing where uh thing she was that kind of person that uh if you watched it you thought I might have a chance. She would be into just, it. Yeah. Just maybe. She's not so – Yeah, totally. You know, this isn't and fair like, faucet. And, like, Pacey's body was like uh, – you know, Joshua Jackson's body was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like he it just walked out hope. like Ryan Reynolds. It's like, okay, I don't even care. Yeah. What, what was Ryan Reynolds in that crazy movie where he drove around on campus? He he was like a stud on campus, big man on campus. I don't, I don't know. know. During that same era. And I was like, yeah. I'm clearly not that guy. But, like, an awkward teenager with, like, an yeah. okay body. Yeah. yeah. I, could, I could totally be that There's guy. There's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, totally. What a what a range of work that guy did. The following scream and then Dawson's Dawson's Creek, Creek and wow. yeah yeah. So that was so that was amazing. And then also uh, now you are officially uh, is it two degrees away from Kevin Bacon? Yes, okay. Because Kevin Bacon was the uh, was the star of that. KB, I call him KB. KB, you know, he, yeah. We Mr. Get the, Bacon. We get coffee at the same shop in what those fields. No big deal. <laughs> He's the best. Nice. Uh, and then from there I went on to um, uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones on Netflix. Amazing. Uh, so I did the first Amazing. season of that. Great show, by the way. Oh man, great thanks. show! I'm only a few episodes in, so I one day you'll all finish. The way You're a busy man. You got like two kids now. Yeah, two kids, and like we, I'm at that stage now where the only time I have to watch TV is right before I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah which yeah. means it takes me 36 <laughs> days to get through an episode because <laughs> yeah. I fall asleep right when I just go. And so it's like you're still watching that show. It took me like a year to get through a whole season of. Of, of Homeland, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like Jessica Jones. I got some more time. <laughs> you got some time. It'll be okay. That's awesome. How's it? What's it like working on a Marvel show? Um, again, a dream come true. It's yeah. one of those. It's one of those. Uh, I, I was a Marvel kid growing up. I loved, you know, no DC Wolverine, Con- Spider Man. You were not on DC. I wasn't so. I liked Batman, okay. but I was much more Marvel. I liked the sort of dirt and grit and hopefulness of yeah. Marvel. Um, there's also like this interesting thing uh, with Marvel. That DC, it's sort of like there's this one lone hero that's going to stand up and save the city. Batman, right. Superman, Superman yeah. whatever, fighting, you know, they're going to fight the hordes or, the, or whatever bad guy there is. And in the Marvel world, uh, I didn't know it then, but now as I think through these things, uh, Marvel world, 
it's about a hero who stands up and empowers a city or empowers others to sort oh, of join wow. up in the fight, um, which is so much more interesting to me, I guess. Wow, than, that's cool. Yeah, like yeah. who would be an example? Because but I feel like Batman. You're totally right. Gotham is like is debilitated without their yeah. hero. There is the crime, and he is the cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah or the Metropolis sort of. is that what it's called with yeah, Superman? Yeah, like yeah. he he doesn't. They don't have stand a chance without this guy. What who would be like a Marvel hero where? I mean, is that like a Spider-Man well, situation? Yeah, yeah. So, like Spider-Man, even Where in school. Like Peter Parker, he, he makes his high school a better place. Yeah, right. And then, and then even when you think about the movie, uh, number two, Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi one, when he, when he saves everybody on the train. Oh, yeah, totally. And then everybody takes them Everybody's and they hold them. I'm, yeah. I'm like weeping a little bit right now thinking about it. And they're yeah, holding right. them over their heads. And Jeez. everybody feels like they want to be a better person as a result of it. So, uh yeah, so I, I love That's that. Awesome. Even even within Jessica Jones, even though it's like sort of dark, and uh, she's a very sort of self destructive, broken, broken, broken person. Broken but person. self destructive, unlike, unlike uh, like Tony Soprano and yeah. uh, uh, Breaking Bad, like those guys are, are uh, uh, self destructive, but you know, but because they're selfish and have all this horrible sort of stuff going on inside of them, and we, and we sort of watch it, watch them as they tear everybody down. Else, uh, right. to, uh, uh, they crater the everybody else. Universe. Yeah, everybody else yeah. falls around around them. But with uh, Jones, uh, she feels this way because she uh, she feels like she's not good enough. Hmm. You know, because yeah. of what happened. I won't spoil it. Whatever people haven't seen it, but wow. uh, but she's ultimately, even though she, it seems like she should be destroying everybody around her, she sort of lifts. You know, she's inadvertently lifting people up around her. You know, even though she b- feels like she's a piece of crap. Yeah. Wow, it's awesome. Well, all right, we're going to talk first yeah. about your writing career and some of these celebrities that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I have some questions for you about story and about faith and about things like that sure. that matter more. Is uh you worked on Dexter? Yes. What a crazy what a crazy show. I remember Dreams my family <laughs> telling me like, "Hey, you got to check out this Dexter show." I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "This guy kills people?" Like, <laughs> yeah. It was such a weird my parents were pumped on it, and I was like, I don't know. I don't really want another detective show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's not a detective. He's a murderer. Yeah. Uh, you're working with that show all the way through. What was it that felt like a dream come true? What connected you so much to that narrative, to that story? Uh, what connected me? I guess, again, this uh, if I'm going to draw from other TV shows. Sure, yeah, sort totally. Of like Tony, the Sopranos totally opened up this world about with the antihero, I feel like. Yes. You know? And uh, Dexter and Walter White kind of stepped right into that. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm cheering for the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, with with I guess with Dexter, I like ex- I, I I'm really drawn to sort of darker stories. I don't know why. Uh, even when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, like my mom's a pa- my mom was a pastor and all that sort of, and I grew up sort of Wait, in the church. Mom's but a pastor. That's not. Yeah, yeah. That's not everybody's. In the Brethren. Story. How's that for oh, a name of brethren. a thing? Whatever. Wow. Uh, is that allowed? Isn't that a I know, it's so weird. Like a brethren <laughs> would be bro- male. Yeah. But I feel like nature with a female. That's that's it's a weird thing. She's a she's a uh, like a standard breaker. She broke the mold. Yeah, that's her. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, well, uh, I guess I, I was drawn to it because it's it's he's he's this guy that is super broken, which I'm I'm drawn to stories about broken people because then I don't feel so bad about myself. Even like I guess I guess what I was going for when I was a when I was a kid, I was super drawn to the Old Testament stories. Because they're all broken, messed up, totally terrible human beings. Like the worst people. The worst. Even like the man the after God's guys. own heart yeah, is, those were is the a murderer. Guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, among other things. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that always gave me uh, such hope that there's grace and all sorts of stuff. But that's not why I was drawn to Dexter. Uh, I mean, sort of it was. I guess I was drawn to Dexter. One, I love horror. Hmm. 
I like telling stories uh, about people surviving in desperate situations. And Dexter Morgan is somebody who, you know, saw his mother get slaughtered and killed. And, uh, and he feels like he's this monster and this beast that, uh, but the way he can feel like he can sort of control his life is by, you know, killing bad people, hmm. you know. Uh, and ultimately, there was a story about the sort of salvation of Dexter in a way. He was someone that was crawling toward the light. You know, uh, all the way up until the end when he decided it's like that. It's that catch 22, you know, that when you when you uh, think you really are a piece of garbage. And so you try to separate yourself from the world. Uh, but people that are really pieces of garbage, uh, people who are really psychopaths don't realize it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and right. they just keep bringing everybody down totally, with them. Totally. And Dexter was somebody who, had, who decided at the ultimately that he was that he was such a monster that there was no hope. So he pulled away. You know? Wow. Um, plus. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. Such just a stud. the best. Such a stud. Uh, What's he like in real, being. in real life? He's a, gr- uh, uh, he's a great human being. Probably not killed Good. anybody? Or you think no, no. But uh, interesting enough, uh, on set, if it was like a kill day, you just sort of let him alone. Really? <laughs> hey, yeah, he's yeah. in a weird place. He just sort of hung around you know, because in the shadows. Because in TV, as a writer, here's the way it was explained to me for yeah. all of our listeners who maybe aren't in L.A. where this, we live and breathe this stuff. If you If you – on the stage, the actor's king. So in theater, the actor's king. In film, the director's king. And in TV, the writer's king. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, it's, you're pretty high up there. Depending, depending on the show, but for okay. the most part, you, you are, yeah, you have a So you when you're a, a writer say. on episode day, you're like kind of interacting with everybody versus you're yeah. on a film and you're like, I wrote this film. Everyone's like, Who yeah, get out of here. What man. are you, you doing do, here? You do, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. why are you here? So you're kind of interacting with the team, the actors. You're getting a sense yeah. for the dialogue. Does it match? Does it fit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you so work with the director a lot. Because the directors that come in. There's 12 you know, of them or whatever. Yeah, season, yeah. They're right? coming and going. As, and uh, I, sometimes I feel bad for him to have to step into these close-knit families well, yeah. like they do, you know. Uh, but the writer, depending on the show, like with Dexter, it's like a whole sort of novelistic narrative. Nice. You know? Yeah. So that. We knew where things were going, right. so they sort of have to listen. A little right? Bit. Yeah, totally. We're on their team. Michael C. Hall. Anything that? What do we not know about him? I mean, what? What can you tell <laughs> us about him that is like? Uh, uh you know, uh, uh, hmm. On top of being an immensely talented actor, because I remember when I first saw the pilot, I was working on I was working on E Ring, uh-huh. and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Clyde Phillips, uh, who's sort of like a mentor for me, who is the showrunner of that show, um, had gotten the show, and so I was very interested in it. And so we watched the pilot, and I'm watching this show, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it starts, it starts with him killing yeah, right. a pedophile, yeah. which it's hard not to get on board with that. Right. You know, as, somebody, as people with our sort of background with a lot of kids that yes. have come and gone, it's hard not to feel like, good. Every parent <laughs> is like, hey, do I, yeah, yeah. Um, and it took me about 15, 20 minutes before I realized that was David from Six Feet Under. Yeah, right. That, and David, who's like an entirely different character who's – this guy who's who's uh, grew up somewhat religious, you know, and wow. uh, uh, is gay and has all these struggles with can I come out and uh, is this sinful? Is this and and uh, he's fearful all the time. Um, and then there's Michael C. Hall as Dexter as he's this kind of guiltless killer. Yeah, like he just says no. Open your eyes and look yeah, at right. what you've done. So Dexter's you know? essentially would that be a defined? He's a sociopath, right? Yes. He just is detached from just conscience. He just goes, this person needs to die, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, Versus yeah, yeah. Yeah. having any feelings. Because he was working out all the, all that stuff that he had when he when he saw his mother get, you know. 
wow. slain. Okay, cool. And it was interesting because uh, people watching it had different ideas about about who Dexter was, even you know. Yeah. Like for some people, Dexter was uh, was like Batman. He's making the world a better place. You know. Yeah. Right. And then uh, for others, he I mean he was he was a monster that you end up caring for anyway. Hmm. You know, because he captures them and strips them and puts them on a table and wraps them in plastic and that's so crazy yeah, i got to experience that michael killed me in an episode oh he did he did which was the worst part about that was what episode did he kill you i don't oh saw that is it uh uh you don't quite see me which is too bad but, but it was you it was me it was me uh that's the great. worst part about that though is that so i'm you know i'm like a producer at this point and i forgot when they when uh, john Dahl was like hey reynolds i want you to be the victim because it's like a an imagination sort of thing for okay. dexter but then I forgot that I have to, number one, pick out if I'm going to wear the thong panties or the <laughs> skin pant, you know, the, yeah. the both skin. Yeah. And then I had to walk out on set, put my hands over my head, <laughs> and everybody came out like when I dropped the robe in my underwear. So when they're <laughs> naked on screen, it's like just a thong. Yeah, it's and then a, they wrap you in plastic. It's a skin-shaped thong yeah, or whatever. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's yeah. so good. That, yeah. Talk about a tight-knit family. They were <laughs> yeah, like, wow, yeah, they're we, like, saw, Reynolds. we saw Reynolds totally <laughs> naked, except for a skinny thong thing. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Wow. What a, and you got killed by Dexter. That's got killed by Dexter. That's a life changer. Yeah. Uh, then you moved on to the following. Moved on to the following. What's Kevin Bacon like? Old KB. Uh, again, total pro. Yeah. Uh, he has to be. I mean, he's been in like, what, 400 films? And almost all of them, I think, is how it works Every now. film possible. Yeah, just yeah. about. He appears in... Uh, he is, uh, like I said, he's a pro. He cares about the, the crew and the staff. He's a great leader. Um, he, uh, uh, super funny. He's uh, way into music. He's got like his awesome. own band, the Bacon Bros or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Did you ever talk to him about Tremors? I mean, did you ever like oh, yeah. throw out no, about did, Tremors? No, I did, I uh, did. I just feel like Tremors, you just kind of go. Uh, and they're doing that as a TV show now, too. I saw I that, yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully he's in it, right? And Footloose. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is, I think. I think, is he? I'm or he's sure. around it, yeah. Yeah, he's around it. Um, and then that movie about them at summer camp. He's a great camp. number Everybody one. Everybody dies at summer camp. He's oh, yeah. He was, he was, yeah, he was in uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeah. Oh, like the best, the best death <laughs> yeah. underneath the bed. doesn't quite make sense, but yeah, it's right. awesome. Yeah, it doesn't make Hand mathematical sense. Yeah, You totally. have uh, premarital sex, you're going to die at You're going to die. The other thing I'd always <laughs> – but I've, I've, I, t- I think I saw that when I was young. It's too young to see that movie. Sure. And had that That's the best way to see it, kind of. That an but. arm comes around from <laughs> under the bed, holds your head down, yeah. and kills you. I've had the feeling many times when I've been in places. Yeah. I should check under this bed. Yeah, oh yeah. And then I've laid there and heard a sound and thought, there's definitely. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like oh, I've always yeah. had that feeling like that I can't put my feet on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I have Kevin Bacon to thank for that. So you know, if you want, <laughs> I'll let him know next. If time. you want to let him know that I've yeah, never, yeah. that I haven't slept a, a night without, you know, his mi- face in my mind. What's he like? He never leaves well, early either. Like he doesn't want to change everything around so that he can leave early. Like sometimes stars will do. Nice. At the expense of the whole crew. Good like guy. He thinks of everybody. What kind of relationship do you get to have with a guy like Kevin or a guy like Michael C. Hall? Do you get to chill with them mm. as the writer, or is it sort of like, hey, inside of these boxes of time, that's how we interact, or is it very casual? What's it like to work? Just on a goes. Set? It's different from actor to actor. You just got to feel out your, your. You got to feel them out. And just be times. like, does this guy want to be pals or? Yeah, I never really try to be pals. Okay. Um, if people end up being pals, that's great. But, you know, that's not necessarily my job. Yeah, right. You, you know? might. And have I to think things get confusing sometimes when you're writing and thinking about things. And, yeah. Um, but if I – maybe if I saw him on the street, maybe he'd – I don't know. There's, I mean, like you said, he's been in so many movies. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, yeah. And they shot in New York, and most of the times I was in L.A. So. Okay. Nice. Um, but Michael C. Hall – yeah, he, yeah, we still catch up every once. We we keep up every once in a while. Like when he when he when he's on uh, the Colbert. Yeah. Rapport. 
he yeah. he he did that David Bowie. He was doing that David Bowie play oh, yeah, Lazarus, yeah. Uh-huh. and uh, so he did that song, and I tweeted it, and I, I emailed him, and he was he was cool, pumped. That's yeah, badass. yeah, bros. So if I put all bros. of your shows, <laughs> <laughs> I call it bros. For my whole life is open. I feel like I'm bros with Kevin now. I feel like that makes me two degrees, or is that one degree? Because technically, you know Kevin Bacon, so that would be one degree. Is that how it works? So, which means a person listening to this podcast right now is now two degrees from Kevin Bacon because I'm their second. Digitally. Degree. Yeah, 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 digitally. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose watching him on a show and then you're 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 with him, but. If I took if I take these shows, E Ring, does that was that that show where the girl comes through the TV? No, no, that was the Ring. The Ring. No, okay. no, this was like a, a, a Jerry Bruckheimer show about oh, nice. the, about uh, the military. Okay, about gotcha. the E Ring. The E Ring is the uh, the ring in the Pentagon that deals with um, special ops. Oh, nice. Missions. Okay, so, that was so you go from special ops missions, yeah, to a serial killer, sociopath guy yep. for eight years on that. For eight years, then you go to the following, which is. Frightening. Yep. And then you go to Jessica cult. Jones, which is like a darker Marvel Dark, show. Darker, yeah. Where, where in your writing, yeah, for you, have you discovered that, you know, that a lot of people write a lot of TV shows. Yes. There's a lot of shows out there. There's 400 or something. What I can't figure out totally, and I'll get somebody on this podcast to explain it to me, is that <laughs> like on a network show. Yes. They talk so fast, and everything moves so quick, and it's like cut, 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 commercial. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like nothing breathes. It just feels yeah. fast and just feels chaotic. Yeah. A lot of people write a, write a, sh- like, write a lot of shows. There's 37 CSIs and there's all these shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, you've obviously been a part of a lot of, or three or four now, extraordinary stories that millions of people have rallied around. What makes a good story? What What is it? What are the essential elements of a story where you go, see, this is why people were drawn to this? Um. For me, it's uh, that when you're watching it, you realize something about yourself. Like hmm. like even the simplest part of Dexter, right? Uh, the fact that when we talk about the pedophile at the beginning, like when he kills the pedophile yeah, right. at the very beginning, and then all, all the people he, he kills, uh, there's a part of you that when he's, when he's taking out the rapist or the, mm-hmm. you know, the person who the, – the, 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 the choir director at the beginning, you're like, yes, that's exactly what should right. happen. And yeah. then when he's got him wrapped up on a table – and he's about to chop him up into pieces, you suddenly go, Ew. Yeah, right. I was just rooting for this thing. And it, and it forces you to sort of look at your own life and go, what is it about me that really dug that? Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> you know, it makes you sort of confront yourself. And, and, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not saying that everybody does that. I would say a lot of people don't, just sort of go along with the A ride. lot of people are like, I'm not watching that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People. I mean, um, yeah, if it's sort of – it's a, For so me, it, when, I, when I'm able to sort of put myself into it a little bit and reveal some some sort of hard truth about myself within it, then I, I feel like it's a good story. Hmm. But but that's not to say that there's nothing wrong with just like flat out entertaining people and uh, uh, catching them off guard. And yeah, totally. Surprises. And, and so is it surprises? Like I would go, if you're writing a story, and this is Hank and Scott right now, we're going to create a story. What needs to be in that basket? Drama. Drama. We gotta disagree about something. All right, we're gonna disagree. There's gonna be disagreement. Like almost every scene, in some way, has to. You have there has to be some sort of disagreement going. Some on. kind something. of tension. Some kind yeah. of okay. Drama, tension, disagreement. What else? Uh, and then some sort of resolution, right? It's gotta get me something. And it may, and it may, you know, this is the thing that sort of drives me crazy about like uh, Christian movies is that there's there's more. Of, it's more about a message. Yeah. Right. You you have your message, and then you try to wrap a story around it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's just as baloney to me. 
I don't, I don't get it. Because it bastardizes the story, right? I mean, yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not trying you know, to tell a beautiful form, story. Yeah, in an art form, it compromises. I should say that. That's a better yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. I'm more learning uh, that it compromises the storytelling medium as yeah. opposed to. And it's also not trusting the 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 storytelling. Yeah. Because storytelling is is uh, ultimately supposed to make you feel something. You know, whether yeah, it's right. joy or fear or. Love, yeah, or it's too literal. Like, it's what's the what's the the notebook? You know, it's supposed to make you cry. I love the notebook. You love the yeah, notebook. I know. You're pointing at me, like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, but, I see, it, but it moves. You've got you. me pegged. Now I realize what you think of me, <laughs> Scott. You're like, oh yeah, you watch Dawson. You're probably into Dawson's Creek, not Scream. <laughs> I freaked out at Scream so bad in my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those masks. The best. To this day, if I see that mask somewhere, I'd yeah, lose Halloween's my mind. Halloween's tough for you. Oh, dude, it's brutal. I'm afraid of the Friday the Thirteenth, all that stuff. <laughs> but. So those elements and those pieces, have you found that in writing you've learned anything about real life? I know that writing is real life, and I know that yeah, TV that is real life and all those things. I don't want to offend anyone. but <laughs> Or anyone listening who's like, wait a minute. No, a lot of times it, it's sort of something I've learned that I put into it, you know. Okay. So but, like but I learned things about working with other writers. I mean, there's, mm. you know, working with other people to create things. That's, but that's, that's like work, work. Yeah, right. That's not – Trying to think, has there like no because because you you're so busy trying to work it out. Okay, yeah. That uh, that usually you're drawing from your own life in some way and you're infusing that into the story. Nice, you know? yeah. Whether it's an experience or something that you heard somebody else went through, or you know something your wife did to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then and Amy so goes. A lot of your us. real life gets <laughs> into the shows. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, was there ever an episode or something where you were like that, this actually like happened. Oh yeah, no, Amy. We, we used to uh, uh, when Dexter was on, we'd have like twenty friends over, and we'd and we'd all watch it. And a lot of times, I wouldn't tell Amy what was going on, and then she'd watch something. She'd be like, "Oh, Scott, you put our marriage on that." And I'm like, "Nobody <laughs> knows. It's okay." Oh, I mean, everybody in the writers' room knows. Yeah, because you were <laughs> like, we Look. share these things. So that's yeah. a, that's the funny. That's the fun thing about television. Uh, in the writers' room, I've found that I have to just sort of. Uh, drop all my boundaries, mm. which is a scary thing because, you know, I have horrible thoughts all the time. <laughs> mm. uh, and, but in order to create something, you just sort of have to just drop all of, all, of the, all of the things that you think you shouldn't do or the things you shouldn't say yeah. because you never know where it's going to lead you, you know? Mm. And in a writer's room, take us into that for just a second. Do you guys, are you guys talking out the narrative before you're typing it on paper or you've typed it on paper? No, no. We have – the way I've done it, every, every room's sort of different. Okay. But the way – like right now, the, sh the current show that I'm, I'm, I'm working on another Marvel show that I can't really say yet. But uh, – uh, and same with Jones and Dexter. I, 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 I took over the boards and sort of – and Jones in this one, I sort of ran the room. Uh, so we – how do we do it? Like uh, we've got boards all up and markers and all that, and we, we, talk, through this, we talk through the story beat by beat. Like, sometimes we know where we want to end, and sometimes we and don't. You're talking through the story, and you're defining her a little bit. Like she's clearly a sex addict. She has like well, those are the issues. things we talk about. Like when we're when you're creating a series, yeah, yeah, we okay. we, we definitely do that. Like with Dexter, um, uh, for every season, like probably my favorite season is season four okay. with uh, the Trinity Killer, yeah, Walt, uh, uh, Lithgow, John Lithgow, the best, scariest dude of all time. Yeah, like, and also by the way, the nicest human being. Like he had a stalker, and he was super kind to his stalker. <laughs> Like I feel him, like that's a test. Give him flowers or that's whatever. That's some kind of test. Yeah, yeah. That's confusing for a stalker because <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, kind yeah. of giving flowers. But yeah. it's it, that's a um, human humanity test. But with the, with that with that particular season, we were sort of in, uh, every season of Dexter, 
we have our main character, Dexter, and we think, all right, what does Dexter want to learn? So yeah. in that, in that uh, season, Dexter's deciding, can I be a family man? Can I, do I have enough in me that I can fake a love for Rita, my wife? Yes. And my wife. And, uh, Which, who was actually his sister or something? No, that was later on. Okay. Yeah, that was later on. Okay. Um, and they did get married. They got married in real life. But anyway, so uh, season four. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, that, that – so so we knew we, that's where we were heading with Dexter, so we created a bad guy, a big bad, we call it, that would help define that. With Got him. it. Yeah, you that's know? great. So that when he looks at this, he, lo- he looks at this man who, for all intents and purposes, has – you know, he's looking for the serial killer, doing his horrible things, and he finds out this man has, like, a teenage son and a teenage yeah, daughter right. and a wife, and it looks like a perfect sort of life. And he's confronted with what you've been having him yes. learn and having him build. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. And that all happens out of, like – so if I was hired as a writer, yeah, how many pages of 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 actual final draft text <laughs> do I have to write, or can I just be a really good noticer of humans that ha- that can craft a story in a room? Um, you got to be able to write, man. You got to be able to type it out. Yeah, yeah I, I worked great. with a guy on, on Dexter who called himself an excellent typist. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, um, but I mean, there, I mean, they, you know, then there's like comedy shows where they have people that just tell jokes they hire comedians yeah, right. to sort of make things pop yeah right um but if you're in a drama man you gotta you gotta punch it out yeah you gotta be able you to gotta write. get there yeah uh is it true that you killed me on a show uh i put hank fortner in a couple episodes or something <laughs> <You did? laughs> yeah somebody and somebody and i died right or did i not die? uh there's a character. I imagine named, you probably died. I forget what show it was, but somebody was like, "Dude, I was watching I this was, show, and this guy's name was Hank Fortner." And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, was that the kill?" I think it was uh, uh, the, on the following. On the following, you Fortner. killed a yeah, Hank yeah. Fortner. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Or maybe spared his life or something. There was some redemptive moment to Fortner, and I was like, "Dude, all right, well, I'm yeah. not just a Dawson's Creek no- notebook loving <laughs> white guy." Yeah, no, I've, know? Uh, yeah, that's that's another fun thing. You sort of throw your friends on, on friends' names and family on television and. Nice. Kill him. Yeah, well, if you can make me a hero <laughs> in this next show, like someone who doesn't get totally d- d- destroyed or feels like a so- soft guy. And you're a man of faith, correct? Yes. What's your faith story? My faith story. Yeah, I don't mean the whole yeah, story because yeah. i got to get to this, to yeah, yeah, this yeah. question. But you're a man of faith. You're I'm a man of faith. I'm, uh, 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 I, I follow Christ. I follow Jesus. I try to. Awesome. Sometimes miserably. Sometimes, <laughs> okay. I, you know, whatever. But uh, I used to be – uh, I've had quite a journey. You know, like I grew up – I grew up in the church when your mom's a pastor. She was a pastor later in life. But Yes. A my, brethren, my parents were a brethren pastor. congregationalists just, at first. That, which, all those, <laughs> those words, I don't even know what they mean. Yeah. But they just sound like – Big. It's intense. They sound like intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my parents were the kind of people that always were best friends with the pastor. Mm-hmm. That was that was their sort of role. So I grew up like cleaning the church. Wow. Every Saturday morning, we went wow. to every single service that there was that there was possible. Um, so it was very sort of real to me. Uh, but I I think I was I know I was I was the kind of kid who like in high school was the one that was wearing a T-shirt that said "There's no surfing in hell." Oh wow! Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I was I was pretty intense, super judgmental. What's the? I just so I follow the logic of that. The goal is that a person would see it and think, "I don't want to go to hell." Oh, I don't want to go to hell. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was like, are you are you wearing it near surfers? Because didn't you grow no. up in Michigan? Yeah. yeah so yeah, what's yeah. the Chicago? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wh- it, it was. I don't know. It was. It was sort of punk rock. But it, uh, yeah, but it was like super judgmental is, punk rock. It's hard. I mean, that's yeah. Hard. yeah. That's I mean, I was tough. the kind of person that. Uh, 
like my deal was to walk up to people's doors, uh, total strangers, knock on the door and say, um, if you were to die, I'm, I'm here to ask you a question. If you were to die right now uh, and you were standing before God and he were to say to you, why would I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Wow. I was that guy. Wow. Yeah. How did that and go? tiny. How old were you? Um, that was high school. Is that so the, like, is that a Jehovah's Witness thing? Isn't that kind no, of no? It was a CWT continued witness training. At that point, that was a Southern Baptist. I've been oh wow okay. I've, I've been through them all. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That I, was good training for Hollywood, though, right? Like you just learned rejection <laughs> at an yeah, early yeah. age, and you Complete were like, rejection. you know what? I learned how to reject people, and I learned how to just put it, lay it all on the line. When but I, I, first I was them. like super tiny all the time, <laughs> yeah. so I looked. I think I got away with it because it looked like I was, you know, I was in high school. But I looked like I was 10. Nice. They're like, yeah. a 10-year-old kid wants me to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was, yeah. CWT. Super, so and it was like all CWT. Christian rock all the time. Christian rock, Christian stuff. So you were super baptized, so to speak, no pun intended, yeah. in the, the, the deep Christian culture of these yes. words I've never experienced, which is super evangelical. brethren, CWT. Southern Baptist. Oh, Southern Baptist, all these things. And then what happens that turns Scott the Reynolds, the pastor's son, into the writer of some of the darkest and most entertaining television yeah. shows? Or uh, is that because well, of that? I mean, I that, think it's because of that. Does I that think make sense? Like that, that's part of, for sure. I guess the question underlying all this so that the listeners are like, why, where is Hank going with this? Is yeah. like, how does a guy with such a deep core of faith yeah. uh, write such dark things? And where does that darkness come from? Because you've got to find that someplace. Right? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I've always, I've always gone there. But, but, I, but like I was saying before, uh, I was, you know, I used to be, I used to do like Bible challenge or whatever. Nice. Where we'd have to memorize whole things and we'd sit on buzzers and stand up and try to. Uh, just You'd and, sit on a buzzer? Sit on buzzers. You sit up. <laughs> <laughs> you stand up. That's so amazing. <laughs> oh, it sounds illegal. Youth group. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Sit on this buzzer, Scott. And then if you stood up, it went off. It went off. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 okay. That's whatever. Solves the speed, hand, <laughs> speed of hand yeah. problem. But uh, like I was saying before, I'm, I was always super drawn to the dark, violent stories. Yeah. Which um, in the Bible, there are many. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was. Someone gave my daughter a children's Bible. Yeah. And I started reading through it. It's like, here's Joseph. His brothers beat the piss out of him. And threw, <laughs> wait, no, okay. We're going to move on to the next. Let's this go is to Noah. Noah. <laughs> yeah, God flooded the whole earth because everyone was so. Nope, wait okay, we're going to go to. Oh, Cain and Abel. Yeah. Cain killed his brother. You, have a sister. you can't find a story yeah. until you're deep into the book of Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Where there's. Like and even a, that ends with like here's the Rahab. most brutal crucifixion. Here's Rahab. She's a prostitute. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you. there is so much darkness there. Yeah, that uh, I, I'm gonna, we're going to give it to the Southern Baptists and to the Congregationalists. They gave you <laughs> decades, decades of preparation yeah. for finding the, the 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 light in the darkness. The I feel like sometimes uh, I guess why I like horror movies so much and the, the type of stuff that I, I have ended up being able to write, uh, because sometimes the light shines so much brighter in the, in the, in the sort of dark stuff, mm. you know. Um, but ultimately, it all comes down to I mean, for me, uh you know, it's about finding the truth in these stories, you know, and sometimes the truth is super ugly, which is what the Bible taught me. Right. You know, I mean, incest is all over that thing. Everybody's sleeping with Noah. It's crazy. Um, so if, if I'm able to get to some form of truth, whether it's a dark truth or it's a light truth or somewhere in between, um, I feel good. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I feel good that that's, that's the kind of stories. I mean, Jesus was the, the big storyteller. You know, the Bible, right. the Bible again, in the beginning was the word. Right, yeah, totally. You know, and it's like we get to sit down and sit with these words and create a world. 
sort of. They call it world bro- world building now wow. in television. Nice. Are you a world builder? World world. That sounds amazing. Builder? I want to say yeah. yes to that. Yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. What they mean by that? Yeah, yeah. For you, did you have like a light in the darkness story? What do you mean? In by your that? life. So you're drawn to the scriptures and to the story of light, sort of emerging from that darkness. Yeah. Did you um, have a light emerging from the darkness? Story yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess it would be the moment where I stopped being this super judgmental, um, kind of a kind of a jerk. I, I, I look back on it, I feel sort of bad, the, the the how judgmental I was toward other people. I was that kind of. But you were cute, was, judgmental. It sounds like you were. Yeah, no, I don't no. know. Righteous, the, you know, I, I took all the words of the Bible, like about righteousness and holiness yeah. and uh, spent my life sort of trying to be perfect as opposed to letting God's sacrifice make me perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And, and live into grace. Um, so I guess my light in the darkness moment was uh, I did. I did. I worked centrifuge. This this youth camp that I that I did for years, and it was awesome for me. Like I, I was the cool kid, right? I had the mohawk and the you know it was nice. in the Southern Baptist Convention. I was the, I was the rebel. I, I I convinced them I could wear earrings. Holy smokes! Whoa! Um, Is this in like the nineties? Yeah, yeah, it was in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, so I got to do I got to do these camps, and uh, this one year, uh, I feel like everybody in the camp, all these kids were coming up to me, and they were saying, "My dad abuses me," or. Wow. Uh, uh, my mom has brain cancer and she died or oh, and it was like every week it was these stories not and stories it was these people's and lives how old were you at this time i was probably 19 jeez and it was just story after story after story that and no offense to you i'm not yeah. saying you but like at 19 i was certainly was not equipped no i to was not to handle that conversation for no. uh, cuz they want answers they want to know why yeah. this happened to me and i i didn't have an answer and ultimately at the end of that summer uh, serving the Lord, you know, uh, I came away with like, well, if all of this garbage is going on all over the place then there can't, there can't be a God. Hmm. Cause how do I live? How do I live with this? And it was, right. it was like, um, it was like my legs were kicked out from underneath me. Like I was hmm. just on the, on the floor. I felt like for that, for that whole, for like a year, sure. it wasn't like, it wasn't like rumspringa where I was like, woohoo. Yeah, right. It was just like, I was depressed and bummed. Uh, dark. All I saw was darkness all around me. And uh, the light in the darkness for me was uh, the book, uh, The Gift of Asher Lev by Chaim Potak. Mm. Um, and it's about, it's about an artist uh, who lives in, in like a Hasidic Jewish community and how he deals with the same sort of issues. And, it, and, and, the, and he's talking to this rabbi, and this rabbi looks at him and he says, uh, uh, what do he say? Oh, he, he talks about how, you know, if you're walking down the street and a baseball hits you in the head, you're going to look and uh, you didn't know you're near a baseball field. Uh, I think I'm getting this right. Sorry. <laughs> no, but but <laughs> generally, it's sort of like you don't know the whole picture. Yeah, right. Uh, but you just have, have, sort of have to keep, you know, that doesn't mean that there is no God. That does not mean that there is nothing out there. And it was like this small sort of this book. It doesn't make a lot of sense now when I'm saying it. But this book sort of opened up the door but to me again and allowed me to give you like a hope that. Yeah, well, maybe uh, you. And then, and then, uh, and then after that time, one of the kids sent me a letter and, uh, she had said that even though she appreciated that I didn't, I didn't give Pat answers cause I didn't have any mm. and that I didn't give their, give her Bible verses or say, um, well, it's God's will or yeah, it'll right. all work out yeah, or, totally. you know, that sort of baloney. Which and, is no offense to those people, but they, they get trained to do yeah, that. Yeah. You like mean you're well. told. 
yeah, give that guy a Bible verse. Like I had a friend text me and say, my friend's mom just died. I want to do, can you give me a verse I could text them? And I said, do not text a person yeah. a scripture verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Text them, I'm sorry, I'm on my way. You don't. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't send a thing. So I just don't think people are ready for that. No. But no, it's no, so for cool sure. that even your, but, uh, you not participating in that was refreshing to people. Yeah, well, that was her, like, an, her thing was uh, in that moment, you were the proof of God to me. Wow. And so suddenly uh, the result of this, you know, Chaim Potok and then this letter that even in my sort of darkest moment when I felt the world crumbling around me, that somehow or another I was the proof of God to that person. It suddenly suddenly everything sort of switched over in my, and I'm still on journey, man. I still don't get it all. But but that's sort of the goal now to be the proof of God wherever I am. Wow. You know, even when that's I was awesome. coming up and that was sort of. I think that's sort of the thing. Like, I, I moved out to L.A. to become a writer and to hopefully work in television, work in movies. Um, you are actually living the dream. I, mean, I actually am living the dream. are you are actually living the, <laughs> I really the dream am. you came here to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. But, uh, Annoying, but, uh, but unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for the rest of us, we're like, oh, wow. Yeah, it, took, it took eight years, though. It took eight years. That's, eight wow, years of struggle. Yeah. But then the thing that got me through each of those things was that thought that whatever job I'm at, whether it's answering phones and trying to sell and uh, you know sell uh, an education to teachers, or um, working as a writing assistant in a mm-hmm. in a room that people don't maybe don't necessarily care what I have to say, and I'm buying, I'm getting them coffee and I'm taking out the trash and I'm doing all this sort of stuff that uh, in each of those things I I have to be the proof of God in mm-hmm. this moment because and what that means you know who knows it it, it, it doesn't mean me walking up to them and saying. If you were to die right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, totally. It's just, Which is the bizarre part of that is I think even the people who would train a 10-year-old to go door-to-door and say, yeah. if you were to die right now, they mean well also. I, but at the same time, I don't – I'm certain that the person who answered their door that day yeah. uh, did not perceive you as proof of God. No. But the person so. who heard you in their struggle and in their pain – when I had nothing, when I didn't know the answer, when I when you were just there. admitted I didn't know. Yeah, you were yeah. just there. Not yeah, you didn't even say anything genius. You didn't say anything yeah. brilliant. You didn't p- pontificate about something wonderful. You were just there. Yeah, that person goes proof of God. Yeah, and I just uh, what I'm fascinated about for that is I just feel like we overcomplicate so much yeah. of what it means to be present or to communicate God in your life and work and home and everything and or even just to be a person who connects to God. Yeah. And I just I love the simplistic fascination that that is that you were just there and a person years later would say that's how I knew there was a God. Yeah. Is that there was a human being in the in my pain. Just when you think you know how things are supposed to work out. It's like I mean that's that's the beauty of where I live now in my I don't know my relationship with God or you know mm-hmm. am I trying to follow Christ is that is living in a sort of grand mystery yeah, that I don't right. I don't quite get it and I and I actually like love the mystery. Yeah, right. You know, I love not knowing because some days I'll know something new. <laughs> yeah, totally. And R- Richard Rohr, the Franciscan uh, I love priest. Him. Oh my gosh. He's amazing. Defines mystery not as something that will never be known. Yeah. But he he described a mystery as something that could you can continuously know it. Yeah. It is infinitely knowable. You'll just constant. A mystery is something you will constantly lean into and find more. And I feel like in spirituality and if it's in its infancy is about knowing. It's about what are the rules? What are the yes. boundaries? Who's in? Who's that was out? Me. 
And as it matures. Who's in, who's out for sure. Yeah, and as it <laughs> matures, you turn into this person that just goes, oh, I want to know more. You, get, you turn into this curiosity machine. Yeah. Because you're just constantly guzzling in, realizing that God is so much bigger than, than you. Than anything I can. Than you were trying to pack yeah. him into this little thimble and saying, yeah. like, yeah, this is it. I got it. That's uh, the Bible. The whole thing unfolds that sort of way. We think we understand things, and they thought they understood things. And we look back on it, and we go, you know, that slavery thing you were yeah, thinking right. was totally. okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> baloney. Yeah, right. But those, But the people then believed it with all their heart. Yeah. And there's yeah. not a person in the scriptures whose life does not unravel for them. Right. Everyone's life or position or authority or all unravels. So yeah. when our lives start to unravel, we go, oh, I'm just going to lean on the scriptures or I'm going to lean on my beliefs or I'm going to lean yeah. on my faith. And it's like on that same faith is a whole lot of people who their life completely and totally unraveled and unraveled in this into the mystery, not yeah. just into, oh, my life was in total chaos and madness. And some people that was the case, but into this space of actual faith where you sort of you're suspended in this world where you live where God is bigger than we thought. I love it so much. Yeah. It's so and cool. I love the grace within that too. Because yeah, totally. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, for you, and these would be my last kind of stretch of questions. For you, in terms, in when it comes to writing and when it comes to like these big epic narratives that all these people are, wa are watching, yeah. what do you hope that you have in terms of an impact on all the millions of people who are watching Okay, Actors we, say the yeah. words that you say. I mean, you're typing words yeah. on paper, and millions of us are getting lost in the story. It's and pretty crazy, isn't it? Well, First of all, you can't think about that. Okay, yeah, I'm <laughs> in messing the moment. with you. Okay, in no, no, moment, I, so I, I, you're right. aware of it, but you you have to just go. You have to focus on what you what you have on the page, in, that like it's page true. by page. But at, looking yeah, yeah. back on the body of work yeah, that you yeah. have, yeah. what do you what do you hope impact you have on the world? Um, you know, uh, with Jones, Jessica Jones, Marvel's Jessica Jones on Netflix, uh, the hope was uh, here, here's somebody who's unreliable narrator. This, you know, this, the, the, the story that she tells others about her life, mm -hmm. you know, that was played by Christian Ritter, who's amazing, incredible, the best. Um, she's somebody who thinks she is a real piece of garbage and, uh, and doesn't deserve love and doesn't deserve to be a hero and doesn't deserve, you know, doesn't deserve anything other than uh, shame and torment basically. Mm. Uh, and that by the end, uh, as a result of the people around her, uh, that she realizes maybe I do. I and mean, that's as far as we got her mm. that may, m maybe there is hope for me. Maybe I do deserve love or maybe I, you know, mm. um, and you hope that people who are watching that from in Phoenix or in Tel Aviv are like, yeah. And people okay. say that, like uh, the, the 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 Malcolm character played by Ika Darvel, um, he was he was the, he's the guy, uh, you know, he's addicted to drugs. I'm not sure what I should say if people haven't seen it. Yeah, I would but know. he's you a very but he's a, it's, away, but, but he's a super hopeful character that in the midst of he's surrounded by people that uh, the world it's he was he's that sort of in the same place that I was after camp, hmm. right? And uh, his decision was not to lean into the lean into yeah the world is a terrible screwed up place. Hmm. He leaned into, well, all I can do is be responsible to try to bring hope and love to the small group of people that I am with at this wow, moment. That's cool. And that'll, and maybe it'll make a difference, and maybe it won't. Yeah, totally. I don't know. Um, but he's sort of the, yeah, he's sort of the, he's sort of the, he's sort of the good guy in that in that thing. Wow, and, cool. and but every every story like in, in Jones, it's all about trauma and how we survive trauma. Yeah, and we sort of follow all these different routes, you know. And I and I. 
I think when I was like, when I was younger, I would have looked at even though I was drawn to all this sort of stuff, I would have looked at it and went, well, that's sort of a bad story because you know Jessica doesn't accept Jesus into her heart at the end of the story, right. <laughs> you know, or yeah, totally. it doesn't end necessarily like hopeful in the sense that I was trained to think that's how a story should end. Mm. Um, but we find hope in the craziest of places, man. It's mm. awesome. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. What for you is a way where you stay dialed and connected spiritually? Yeah. In the midst of what would people would consider is like, what a crazy industry in a crazy yeah. world in a place where your brain could slip into that dark space. I mean, if yeah. you, you're writing about murders and killing and darkness and brokenness, and so you could get lost sex. there. I mean, yeah. and, and dark sex, yeah, dark yeah. sex, not like good sex, like bad <laughs> sex. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there, and we'll do a whole podcast later about what the difference is, but <laughs> I just feel like you, you, you could get lost in that place. How do yeah. you personally, Scott, stay spiritually centered? Um, well, I'm married to an amazing woman named Amy Reynolds. Uh, so she keeps me focused in, in, a, in a good way. Um, I'm, involved, I'm involved with a fellowship of other people, like-minded people, like a mosaic. You know, I've mm-hmm. been going there for like 20 years. Wow. Um, so I stay connected with, with people like that. Uh, ultimately though, I, I mean, it's something that it is something I think about as far as have I done the right thing? Cause there's that, there's that verse about, um, it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck yeah. than to cause someone to stumble right? and toss in the deep side of the ocean. One of, these, one of these children of mine. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, and then I write a show called Dexter where there are people, you know, it's like, um, Clockwork Orange, like incredible movie but there's this moment in clockwork orange have you seen clockwork orange with stanley kubrick's yeah but i don't i don't there's, i'm not there's sure this moment, moment you're talking about. where you're seeing uh jesus getting whipped and oh, crucified yeah. and he's on the road to getting hung or not hung uh hung on a cross and then you cut to malcolm mcdowell and he's getting off on the violence mm. <laughs> you know and so there's this story that is supposed to be about redemptive yeah you know, right. hope that uh here's this christ that that's going to sacrifice for all of mankind because it is not as well that he should perish. Um, but this guy's taking it to the, to the other extreme. So with Dexter, there's always this sort of fear that like somebody's going to go, yeah, you know what? Killing people that way is, is what cool. I want to do. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, and there's, you know, on, on Jones, uh, there's, there's some, like crazy, there's like crazy superhero sex that goes on. Yeah. One thing. It's, and it's pretty, it's not, it's not like a super hard R or whatever, but, uh, there's people that are going to get like super, maybe super turned on by what's going on yeah, there right. in a way, you know? Um, and it is sort of hot. Uh, but the result of that story is not necessarily like in that moment, there's these two, you know, these two damaged, beautiful human beings who are connecting in the kind of love that they think they can only experience in that moment. Yeah. Right. But ultimately what they did there didn't nece- wasn't necessarily healthy. <laughs> it all sort of goes back. Yeah. I hear you. You know saying, what I'm saying? So it's sort of, of like concern. Yeah. Like, it, but it all goes back to your rabbi I, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're close to a, if you don't know you're close to a baseball field, you think the baseball is the world coming at you. Yeah. At the same sense, if you took that slice, I ran. And go, I, I went all over the place there. Sorry. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> like I feel like if you take a scene from Jessica Jones and go, "Ooh, these two people having sex. This is arousing." A, a gif. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> if you take a gif out of there. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, but that's so sad and. All I did was felt sick for her as I watched that, and that's what I mean by bad. She sex. was connecting. Was, she was. It was she, just sad she, she and was, broken, and like. But she's trying to do this thing that God says that we are designed for to experience love and connection. Right. And it's like that's all that she could hope for in that moment. 
Totally. And hopefully later but on. But it just felt like yeah. expressed self-hatred to me. It did not feel yeah. like intimacy. It didn't. Yeah. It felt they wouldn't like, look. They couldn't look each other in the eye. Yeah, you know? it was yeah, just yeah. something broken. And I think the same thing for the Dexter thing is if people don't see the arc and the narrative yeah. of it, you're right. They could grab the baseball and go, cool, yeah, killing people is great. I mean, yeah, I mean that it's a – it's a it's a risk. It's a thing. But ultimately, I, I sort of have to. I mean, I talked to Erwin, Erwin McManus about this, but it's sort of like as long as you're sort of angling toward telling the truth and telling a truthful story about real humans doing good, bad, damaged things, much like the Bible that, right. you know, that I grew up reading and loving, uh, mostly because it was about people who were uh, utter failures hmm. and God loves them. Yeah, right. And people who do horrible things, and God says, this one's a man after my own heart. Yeah, right. You know, and it's just hope. Nothing but hope. Yeah, Nothing totally. Hope. Uh, a last question. Yeah. This is my favorite of all. If you and God had a conversation right now, yeah, what would he say to you? Oh, and man. You, I know you listen to this podcast, so I know you know I was going to ask you that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I, but I didn't I didn't think to prepare any prepare, sort of yeah. answer. Uh, you know, I, I hope he would just sort of uh, put his hand on my shoulder and go, hey, man, how you doing? Nice. How you doing? In like a Brooklyn accent, like you feel like. How you doing? It. Yeah, right. Throw that down. Everything all right? Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, he's supposed to be our heavenly father. That's what my dad does for me. Used to anyway. Yeah. Still does when I call him up. Yeah. Hi, Scott. Yeah. How you doing? So you feel like that's wh- that's where that comes from? Is that projection of like your dad, or what do you? It like didn't used to be. There used God to be a, a way that uh, you know I would I was just uh, hoping in my I was hoping that he would go. You know, uh, you done good. Yeah, right. As opposed to like, oh man. Oh right. You masturbated six times in high, you know, that yeah. day in high school. What? Right. <laughs> Fear and loathing, you yeah, know. Right. Uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. How's that way to end <laughs> that podcast? Right. Yeah, that's God going. Wait a second. I didn't. That's not. We haven't gotten that answer yet. Actually, <laughs> in all in all of the eighteen episodes we've done of this of this gloriously fresh podcast. We have not we have not had that answer. Uh, for you, uh, in the next sort of steps, where can people find you? Where do people watch your stuff? Where can people look um, for you? Uh, well, you can watch you know, uh, I don't Jessica. Where, I don't know where to go for that. Yeah, you can so go I'm to Jessica Jones. Go right to, you could go to Netflix uh, to see Jessica Jones. Awesome. Uh, I think you'll dig it. My mom liked it. My mom's a pastor. It's great. She was she was so very moved. No, I love it. I've seen, the, I've seen the fifth episode uh, 41 times. <laughs> all, the way up, all the way up to that same, same spot. Well, no, and and I start to, back at that same spot. I get about two minutes in. You need to then, get those socks that know when you fall asleep and it'll pause it at the right moment. Really? Netflix socks. Shut up. There's socks? I no. think so. That's amazing. Um, you can see, you can find me on Twitter at uh, J. Scott Amy. I think it's just J. Scott Amy. J. Scott Amy. Scott Reynolds. J. Scott Amy. Okay. And nice. uh, I, I post pictures from the set and awesome. when I can. A lot of times after it airs. Awesome. Uh, do a lot of flashback stuff to every once in a while I'll throw, throw up pictures from Dexter and Jones and very cool whatever very cool try to be funny very cool well Scott you're awesome you're fun you're thoughtful and you are actually living the dream so it's fun to be it's pretty crazy huh sort of in the middle of this <laughs> madness and thank you for the insight on Kevin Bacon and for killing me on the show <laughs> thank you so much and uh, we will uh, see you on the Jessica Jones yeah credits. thanks Boom. thank you Well, friends, that concludes my interview with Mr. Scott Reynolds. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoy this podcast at all, I'm going to ask you one small, easy thing. I would love for you to rate or comment because that's really good for us 
and makes us feel wonderful about all the work that it takes. And it's so easy for you to do. You just have to go in there and give us a rating and make a little comment. And that helps us tremendously as a podcast and as a medium and as a platform. And we'd love for you to help us do that. Also, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start ending these podcast episodes with stuff for you to check out. So this is going to be a section of the podcast episode called stuff for you to check out. And this is either things that I'm loving or that I'm finding out in the world that I want to bring to you, or they are things that my friends are doing or things that people are creating. And so if you want to submit something for stuff you should check out, you can tweet at me or you can email me. Uh, One of those things is great. Two things I want you to check out for this week is there's a new magazine out there, a printed magazine. Yes, it's in paper print. They physically cut down trees to make this thing possible, but it's beautiful and gorgeous and it fits wonderfully with this podcast. It's called Wilderness Magazine. You can find them on Instagram at Wilderness. And uh, we interviewed recently the wife of the founder and her name is Sarah and she did Darling Magazine. And so from the same crew as Darling Magazine, they have a magazine called Wilderness and it is beautiful. The writing is amazing. The team behind it is insanely talented. And I would just want to encourage you, if you have a person in your life who likes adventure or who likes the wilderness, look up Wilderness Magazine, check it out. You're really going to like it. The other thing I want you to look at is there is a guy, he's a human being that you know or that I know or that maybe you don't. A friend of mine wrote a book, self-published it like a stud, like a total total uh, legend. He, uh, What he did was he created this book called The Voice of Your Dreams. You can find it at thevoiceofyourdreams.com. His name is Aaron Anastasi. I read an early copy of this book and uh, maybe hurt his feelings with some um, <laughs> feedback as I, as I tend to do. And what came out of his brain and out of his soul and out of his life was a really, really cool book. And uh, there's some great things written about it. Uh, the future you want to create, this is on the front cover, the future you want to create is the future that is within you. This book gives you the tools to make that happen from a guy named Matt Mugford, a music supervisor at NBC Universal, And uh, you got to check it out. I think the book is really, really good. So that's two things I want you to check out. The third thing I want to invite you to check out is another book that I'm really, really into. It's um, by a guy named David Lynch. He was the um, filmmaker behind Twin Peaks and also the filmmaker behind Mulholland Drive and other movies that you've seen or heard of or that have cult classics or that freaked you out or that you you weren't allowed to watch when you were a kid. But he wrote a book, he's a big transcendental meditation guy, and he wrote a book that I want to recommend on meditation and on what it's like to have a quiet soul and to discover creative things. And so for your repertoire of of spiritual reading, and I don't want to say that this replaces anything, it's just for your repertoire of spiritual reading, there's a beautiful book he wrote called Catching the Big Fish, Meditation, Consciousness, and Creativity. It was given to me by Scott Reynolds, who actually this podcast was just about. But I want to in- encourage you to check it out. It is the easiest book ever to read. And David Lynch has, has has tapped into a creative space in his brain, both light and dark and wonderful and scary, that um, he knows a lot about this stuff and he spends a lot of energy and resource uh, on bringing meditation to schools, which is really, really cool. And so I just want to invite you to check out this book, Catching the Big Fish. It's been really interesting and fun to read. That is stuff I want you to check out this week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoy this stuff I want you to check out. And I hope you are living a typically hazardous life. So go make adventure. And we'll see you next week.